sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The last Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week, we're doing two of my picks, which are... Oh, I was waiting for you, Pat. <laughs> Zen Arcade versus The Argument. Yeah. I, I didn't want to say Husker Du wrong, so I, I, I was going <laughs> to let you say it. Yeah, it's Husker Du, Zen Arcade versus Grant Hart, The Argument. So... um. Zen Arcade, well, I guess we can, no, we'll just go right into it. Uh, Zen Arcade uh, came out in 1984. The argument came out this year. Zen Arcade, um, that was that was a good year, 84. That was, I think I talked about before on the show, when I kind of uh, got out of heavy metal and into uh, alternative rock and, and stuff like that. So uh, that was... That was the year uh, Let It Be by The Replacements came out. Um, Double Nickels on the Dime by The Minutemen. All kind, even even on the uh, even the pop stuff was good. There was like that Cars album uh, with uh, Magic on it, and uh, Cindy Lauper was on the radio. Second REM album. So uh, oh, Cindy Cindy Lauper's '84. I didn't realize she was that that far back. I think it was I think it was actually '83, but I think it didn't start getting play until '84. Really? Was Madonna that? that far back too yeah 82 i think was her first single wow uh, um that's but, amazing yeah maybe maybe there was just a single from cindy lopper in in 83 and the album was 84 i know it blew up in 84 so um but yeah so a very good year even uh u2 before they started sucking uh unforgettable fire was that year so i, re- I remember it i remember that year uh, really well as far as just being bountiful for good music I just remember it very well for Mad Magazine. Oh, of course. Every year was a good year for Mad Magazine. I was, I wasn't, 84, I was not into music at all, so. You're, yeah, what are you, you were like 10. I was 10, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you were probably just whatever was on the radio. Even, even that, I would, I, I, when I was 10, I used to stay up all night listening to talk radio. Did you really? Yeah, there's a show on the talk station. Art Bell? uh, no, I don't even think Art Bell was alive then. Well, obviously he was, but I don't know if he... No, it was a, a local show. It was Richard Hayes, who was like a former second banana on a, a, a old talk, like TV talk show, former singer, and he had a late night talk show where he just talked about everything, and I used to listen to it every night till like 2 or 3 in the morning. You must have been the envy of all your friends. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they always ask, what, what did Richard, Richard Hayes say, say last night? And I told them, oh, I wish I could wear Depends. Well, so we both have uh, great memories of 84 in either case. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I you are not really, uh, you're not totally a punk guy uh, and even less a hardcore guy. So uh, I'm interested to hear your impressions of Zen Arcade. Although you do like, uh, you do like some Bob Mould solo stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, some, some artists, Earlier in their career, they they have they create something that is so terrific. The rest of their career, they're just working to to top it. They can't do it. They can never top it. It's just when early on the, the, they did their best, and they can never get past that. It's it's really nice that Bob Mould never had to had to have to go through that feeling. Yeah, of course. I knew, I knew that was coming. Uh, 
Well, I I loved is the this album. I I did have some questions. Is this your favorite? Is this when you think of them? This is what you. This is your favorite? No, it's not my favorite. Uh, it's not. Actually, I, we were bound to do a Husker Du episode at one point because they were my favorite band. Um, but this isn't the one I would have picked, except that it fit thematically because it's a concept album, double album uh, with uh, Grant Hart's uh, The Argument, which is also a concept double album, and Grant Hart was in Husker Du. Um, I'd originally planned to do uh, probably the album that followed this, New Day Rising, with uh, Bob Mould's last album, The Silver Age, but... Um, but then this came out, so I did this. No, there's too, there's still too much hardcore on this one uh, for my liking. I mean, when I was 14, it was great. You know, it's very mm-hmm. cathartic to just hear. Uh, yeah, I, you sent me a link to a review by was it Robert Criscall? Yeah, and he 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 talked about it being cathartic, and he said it's cathartic noise. And if they had worked a little bit better uh, more on the mixing, it would have been cathartic music. And it, it's not for me. It's not cathartic at all. It's just I just don't like it. A lot of the stuff there, to be fair, there's a lot that I really do like on the CD, but the, the hardcore screaming stuff, I don't like at all. And I think that's the stuff that he's calling cathartic. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't like that at all, but so I read that review and I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm missing something. And then, but I read his other reviews and he's kind of an idiot. He doesn't like Reverend Hitchcock. He doesn't like stereo lab. So I don't, I don't have to respect his opinion. I don't care if he's the critic, the best critic there is. But I read the, uh, the all music review, and that was a little bit more revealing. The the fact that that says it took 85, 85 hours to put this to get to get together from start to finish, and it's all first takes. Yeah, there. Are, I think there are two songs that were not quite first takes, um, and then they yeah, and then they mixed down for like forty hours straight. Um, this is there's a really good book uh, by Michael Azarad called uh, Our Band Could Be Your Life, and it's it's about. Uh, the, that title's taken from a Minutemen uh, song, and uh, it's about 80s underground uh, bands. And so he gives a chapter to each. You know, he's got like Black Flag, the Minutemen, Who's Do the Replacements, Butthole Surfers, stuff like that. Um, and it, there's a really good chapter in there on on Who's Do. Um, I I wish I could have had you read that before we did this, but whatever. But the 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 fact that it was. Uh just so quickly done and, and just so just off like right away, whatever we come up with, we're going to keep. I, I do respect that. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and I, well, the reason I brought up that book was because he, he would talk that uh, in there about how uh, the economics of it and stuff. And they, mm-hmm. they didn't, they just didn't have the money to record the way normal bands record, you know? Uh, yeah. They had to get all their shit ready and, and then just go in and go. Um, and I think, uh, according to that book, uh, I think, at the time they recorded this, like Bob Mould was making money by giving guitar lessons from his basement or something, and Grant Hart was, I think, homeless at that point. Jeez. So, um, yeah, not not exactly living the rock star lifestyle. Although the album has, like, even you know, shitty mainstream Rolling Stone took notice of the album after this, because the, it, this is when they started moving more towards uh, pop songs too. Um, which we'll talk about. And I think Bob Mould didn't really catch up uh, with on the pop angle until the next album. He's still, a lot of his stuff's more the rage here. Uh, and I, I don't think I realized how much of a voice Grant Hart had. I thought it was all Bob Mould, and Grant Hart's voice didn't come out until after he was out of out of the band. But he he's, has a, a big part in a lot of songs. Oh, yeah, no, all, all the way through, yeah. I mean, there, there was talk about... Um, 
Bob Mould telling Grant he'd never let him have an equal amount of songs on an album or whatever. Um, but I, you know, who knows, who knows what those kind of things, what's true and what's not, but no, he had, he grant, I mean, it was, it was kind of a, uh, a, a punkish Lennon and McCartney where, you know, Grant was McCartney for sure. And, uh, and Bob was more Lennon. Um, but Grant, Grant wrote the catchy stuff that, uh, that you remember. And, and Bob wrote the more, uh, well, cathartic, I guess, is the word. More kind of uh, rage-filled songs, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Which uh, you can tell on this album. Um, yeah, so what... what Did anything really stick out for you on this? You, you preferred Grant's songs on this album. For the most part, I think maybe Pink Turns to Blue, was that, was that Bob Mould? Oh, that's Grant. Uh, oh, Tooth Fairy and the Princess might have been the only Bob Mould song I picked out as being one I enjoyed. Oh, Tooth Fairy and the Princess. Yeah, we'll we'll play that one first, which will be weird because it'll be out of order. But yeah, oh, I we think... don't have to. No, I'm just I was just thinking we can do it in order if you want to. But I, when I picked out the songs I wanted to talk about that I really enjoyed, most of them were Grant Hart songs. I thought so. Pink Pink Turns the Blues him too. That sounds that's a little bit rougher than his other stuff on this album. Yeah. What? Well, I don't know. He did Turn on the News too, which is pretty. Yeah, yeah, and which I also liked. Pretty heavy. Um. Well, and he, yeah, he did some of the, he, he was definitely a screamer back then too. He could, mm-hmm. he could do that. Um, but yeah, Tooth Fairy and the Princess, dude, I think, you know, just saying you like that song is going to put you on some government list as somebody who <laughs> maybe like wants to hurt children or something. Uh, cause that's, that's kind of a nightmare song. What, what appealed to you about it? The repetition. It's like same thing over and over and over again. That's just Oh, you must have really liked the uh, Grant Hart album then. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, I really did. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that it's all backwards loops, and it's it's very I don't know. It's got a very menacing, nightmarish feel to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I found it pleasant. I I after, I re-listened after because you mentioned before that it was nightmarish, and I was like, I can see that, but I still find it pleasant. Maybe it's a pleasant nightmare. I guess it could be. It ends with a a scream. <laughs> Um, yeah, Tooth Fairy and the Princess. Yeah, let's let's just play that one first. Uh, give it doesn't really give people a taste of what Husker Du's like, but uh, it's a song you like, so let's do that one. So uh, uh, that was your Bob Mould pick. Um, my Bob Mould pick, I think, would have... Well, we should say I let you pick uh, 
Um, I let you pick the songs from from both albums, and it's interesting to me because uh, to see what you'd pick. Uh, on the Grant Hart album, you picked some that I would have picked, and then some completely different. Um, on this well, one, the, I, I wasn't as surprised with what you picked, but for the most part, I've, I try to pick, to to pick not only the ones I like the most, but the ones that I find most interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, but with this one, I I only picked one that was not. Because there's a lot I disliked on on it on the CD. I like a lot of the screaming ones, and I didn't want to pick the acoustic ones. Not acoustic. I'm sorry, the instrumentals with no vocals, because there's they're not there's not as much to talk about. But I really liked everything instrument instrumental on both this entire thing was awesome. Yeah, they they had some nice like piano interludes, um, which was another <coughs> excuse me another uh, break from hardcore, obviously. Um, uh, besides the just the general melodicism of the grant Hart songs especially um piano but interludes they, a lot of backwards uh guitar stuff and yeah yeah like the uh, the the final the final song which is like a 15 minute crazy jam that goes all over the place and then ends with just that that feedback or what did you Ring, say yeah it's the... r- just ringing feedback yeah yeah <laughs> i liked it i i didn't i mean the ringing feedback was kind of just there but everything else in it was really good well i, so heard... I like that I'd read somewhere that that ringing feedback, and I don't know if this was, uh, I don't can't remember if I read it from them or not, so who knows if it was the intent, but uh, it was supposed to uh, simulate a somebody flatlining. Oh, okay. And dying. So Because this is uh, allegedly a concept album, although unlike, unlike the Grant Harp album, I think you can play the songs off this just on their own, and uh, you don't, there's really no need. I mean, the concept is basically about a kid who runs away from home um, and then, you know, whatever, joins the army, joins a cult, uh, his girlfriend dies, all this. It's not, there's not really much of a story there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, I guess it can, it can fit, but it, if, if you don't know it beforehand, I don't know if you, you're going to hear it. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't think, I mean, well, a lot of the lyrics are unintelligible in the first place. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, my my Bob Mould song. Uh, this was the one that I actually inserted out of. Uh, you you did all the picks except I I kind of fought for this one because uh, it, it's one he still plays uh, live. Um, Chartered trips, which is I guess about joining the army. I, but I'm not sure because there's another one later on called Newest Industry that also seems to be about the military. Um, I don't know what Chartered trips is really about, but uh, it, it was. It's uh, it's still very heavy, but uh, the first signs of of melodicism from from Bob in within uh, a hardcore framework still I'd say. Yeah, I I like Charter Trips. I would I that would not be one of the songs I complain about. I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so Charter Trips will play a little. Oh, 
And uh, similar to that one was uh, the, the first song, Something I Learned Today, which I, I really like. Maybe didn't appeal to you as much. It's, it's also very fast and, and hard, but it ends with, I don't know if you notice, it ends with like that Hard Day's Night ending guitar. Um, no, I didn't pick up on that. No. Yeah, yeah. well, you should listen again. It's it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Chartered Trips is good. I think uh, the album kind of, the the second side is almost all hardcore screaming. Um, this is back when albums had sides. And right. I when I listened to it, I should have paid more attention to the sides. I didn't pay attention. I just listened to it straight through. I should have like had like a a, a pause just to let myself know that you know I'm, I'm turning the record over. But I just listened to it straight through, so I don't have a real good idea what the sides were. But when I le- I read that review, he's like this this second side is cathartic cathartic noise and then i think the i think he said the fourth side is is good for everybody something like that yeah third third side's all the pop stuff uh okay there's a third side yeah um including tooth fairy and the princess which is not really pop but whatever no i thought tooth fairy and the princess was the last song on the second side nope last song on the third side on the third side okay Yeah, yeah um and uh yeah i remember i remember reading a review of this album and then i uh I cut school and went to go buy it and went home and listened to it. Uh, and I was like enthralled by it. Huh. Uh, I, uh, so Bob Mould is, is, is gay. Was that known when this, at no, this time? Nope. Not at all. Uh, Grant Hart also gay. So, so maybe the out. gayest group in history. Uh, although I think Grant Hart identifies as bisexual, but when they came out, were, how did the fans react? Did they care? I don't, I mean, I don't think in the underground so much people would have cared uh, had they known. I don't think it was it was ever widely known during their career. Okay. Um, and it wasn't a big deal when he came out, just by the way. Yeah. Well, yeah, He Bob Mould kind of got outed in a Spin Magazine uh, article in like 94 during the Sugar years. Um, oh, I forgot about Sugar. I liked Sugar. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, You. I mean, you're definitely... The, uh, the market for uh, post-Husker Du Bob Mould, I think. But they did, even Husker Du did get progressively uh, poppier with each album, I think, after this. So you might you might like some of the later stuff better. Um, yeah. And then uh, the, the, my favorite song is Never Talking to You Again. I, I thought that was wonderful. That's a great song. Yeah. Well, and, pleasant. It has rough lyrics, but it's pleasant sounding. Yeah, the music, I think, even just a, a regular rock fan or even maybe pop fan could uh could get into you know even back then because um, it's acoustic mm-hmm. and it's kind of yeah. kind of folk rock i guess um and good vocals from grant and bob on that one uh yeah let, let's do it never talking to you again there are things that i'd like to say but i'm never talking to you again there's things I'd like to pray somewhere, but I'm never talking to you again. I'm never talking to you again. I'm never talking to you. I'm tired of wasting all my time trying to talk to you. I put you down where you belong, but I'm never talking to you again. I show you everywhere you're wrong, but I'm never talking to you 
again. I'm never talking to you again. I'm never talking to you, you. I'm tired of wasting all my time trying to talk to you. Talking to you. Yeah, that's that's uh, your kind of song. Uh, I I am not surprised you like that one at all. Um, I think we can we can skip over large uh, patches of the album. We're not, we're not going to do a Robin Hitchcock thing this time where we go over every song um, because really a lot of a lot of the stuff you don't like is very uh, similar in one note. Um, yeah, I think well, we we can talk about indecision time and that kind of sums up what I don't like. It's it's terrible. It's screaming and just screaming. It might be cathartic for you, but for me it's it's terrible. Well, let's play a little bit of Indecision Time. Man, we're getting through these quick, but uh, yeah, here's some Indecision Time. find it terrible uh but i of course you don't I understand why you i mean everybody else did uh <laughs> when like i said back when i would pick, make people mixtapes i remember i think i can't remember what i put on i think i put on turn on the news on on somebody's mixtape back then and and they got pissed at me and, and well they're stupid because turn on the news is a wonderful song yeah well i i was like i thought you liked you know rock and he's like i like rock i don't like shit Jeez. I remember that. Put uh, some Zeppelin on here, dude. <laughs> Basically, yeah. There, there was no converting those classic rock people. Um, maybe never talking to you again. If I would have done that, he would have dug it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Turn on the news is is the big, the big song. I guess uh, Rolling Stone named it like one of the top 500 songs or whatever for whatever that's worth. And and the, I think I read the. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has it listed as one of the greatest, you know, rock songs or something too, uh, which is odd. But uh, it's it's a good one. I think lyrically it's kind of simplistic, but um, it's simplistic, but it's it's really angst for all times. The yeah, it he's is. saying it's it's true then, it's true now. It'll true, well, probably be true always. This terrible things are happening. Why? Yeah, and and yeah. It has the it has a nice sound to it. it as the like the beginning of it, it's kind of like you're listening to the radio and it's that stuff I complain about with Rush, but I'm fine with it. I think with everyone else, the you know the sound <laughs> effect stuff. So I I might just hate it with Rush. Well, that's fair. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna hate somebody, Rush is uh, <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of people on your side. We're talking about Rush Limbaugh now. 
Of course. Good. And his, Love talking about yeah, his radio uh, sound effects. I just assume his radio sound effects are all fart noises and they're not sound effects. They're actually him farting. I wonder if he likes Husker Du. Rush Limbaugh? I mm-hmm. can see him uh, cranking up some indecision time right before he's about to go on and get himself pumped up yeah. uh, with hate. Yeah, turn on the news. Um, yeah, a, a big one. No, I, I like it too. It's very, it's almost, it's, it's rousing, I guess, and it's uh, it's it almost approaches heavy metal, uh, especially with some of the the guitar solo stuff. Um, but not the singing. The, the no, no, the, definitely not yeah. the singing. They, it's not that operatic yowling. It, it's uh, it's from the heart. Yeah, let's listen to turn on the news. from the heart oh i get it grant hart it, well, you made it. it i did i i i do make puns uh subconsciously all the time uh and in my sleep a lot of times i'll That's wake talent yeah viv wakes up and she tells me i'm doing limericks and and all kinds of shitty humor so uh yeah we're jumping all over the place on this one but uh so let's just Actually, there's a few songs on the second side that uh, I like as well. Um, I thought Standing by the Sea is pretty good. I don't know if you remember that one well enough. Um, that's kind of a philosophical uh, lyrics and, and some of Grant's best screaming. Okay. Uh, but third side is where where everything for you is, is available, I guess. Uh, and Pink Turns to Blue, one of your picks. Um yeah, it's 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 poppy, but it has some rough edge to it. It's really nice. I like that. Yeah, it's definitely the. I think it's probably the, the most catchy in a in a, in a pop way uh, of all the songs, um, and it's unlike you know never talking to you again. It's more driving, um, but got a chorus that you know you, that will you'll remember. He's, he does the falsetto singing and everything, and uh, and. Uh, yeah, just that overdriven guitar sound that Bob had, but but very melodic on this one. So uh, pink turns to blue. Mm-hmm. 
was it for uh, your pick. So we can just kind of talk in a more general way about the album if there's anything else you want to say. I, I do like, I'm, I'm surprised, actually, I'm not super surprised you like the last song, the 14 minute. Uh, basically, it's, it's like free jazz played by a punk band because they've got a motif they return to and then they just kind of improvise off that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, they do a good job of improvising as well. It sounds really good to get everything they're doing sounds good. Yeah, and we're I'm we're both uh fans of like late Coltrane and, you know, uh I'm a fan of Albert Ayler. I don't know if you are or not, but um No, I've never heard him. Yeah, so we 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 can get into that stuff. Most people cannot. Uh this that was a song that we used to play um when I, I used to live in this uh, converted warehouse that was a loft and we'd have parties there. And when we wanted to clear people out, we'd put that last song on Zen Arcade on. And, uh, and then there's some asshole like me that stays because they really like that song. Nope. It would pretty much clear the, clear the place out every time. It was great. Didn't even have to make it to the end. <laughs> um, yeah. So Zen Arcade, I don't know, a big part of my youth, but as I said, not my favorite. Husker do album. It's funny because I I can get into discordant music and I can get rid of to things that don't don't have a melody. I just can't get into the screaming. I, there's it's something really off putting about it. So the songs on here that don't have a lot of of screaming where it's all where it is all instruments. I love those. Those are really good and really fun to listen to because the instrumentation is good, but the screaming just puts me off immediately. Oh yeah, I'm the exact opposite. Mo- well, like in the case of like heavy metal screaming that really high kind of well you know like the iron maiden stuff right yeah that turns me off this screaming is more well f- to take from a who's could do song title more from the gut um I, it sounds more real to me like somebody's actually expressing pain rather than uh expressing their mastery of their technique you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah um so it i think i think it's a it's you know what i i just from talking to people at shows and stuff, um, I realized I, I think people from who had a certain kind of childhood or upbringing relate to this stuff more. Uh, and it might be one of those things that when you are you 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 listen to it and enjoy it when you're 14, it's something that sticks with you. But if you don't get to it till later, you're not going to have the same appreciation. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I still I still like a good scream. Um, and you know, I like I like the Beatles scream screaming stuff too, you know, uh, which I find this to be a, a direct line from that to this. So um, yeah, and I I understand why it would turn anybody off. It just uh, it works for me, and maybe it is just the case that I got into it when I was fourteen. Um, but who knows? I I don't know. I introduce people to them today, and they still seem to like them. So even the screaming stuff. Yeah, as far as I know, yeah. I mean, I think it's more. I mean, this the sound that they uh, that they kind of invented basically has has became so mainstream so long ago that it's it's not as off putting to people, you know. Okay. I mean, you can trace the Pixies and Nirvana from from this basically. Do you think there's many like new like kids coming out today, new music doing this kind of stuff? No, I, I don't. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of music coming out today that's very 80s-influenced. Um, but as far as as this, not like as hardcore much. screaming, no. Yeah, not... no, not really. Um, there's, there's a band called Fucked Up that uh, is kind of like that, but um, 
they also uh, they do like the cookie monster vocals that like a lot of death metal oh, singers yeah. do. So it turns me off. That turns me off completely. Mm-hmm. That that's something I can't go along with. But for if the they're most actually part, no. singing uh, C is for cookie, I would be down with that. Which if they're smart, they would do a cover of that. I'm I mean somebody has to have by now. I'm gonna look it up on YouTube later. Um, no, I don't. I don't think. I mean, and that was the thing for me. That was why they were my favorite group because they were just so intense i think everything even the pop stuff sounded like it was about to explode in every direction you know yeah Um, yeah. just very driven music uh, and driving uh yeah yeah but i i get why people don't i mean i get why people don't like anything really you know what i mean (laughs) i'm just glad i like some of it no i am too i'm i'm glad i listened to it i'm glad i gave it a good listen, not just like, oh, this is crap. I'll, I'll listen to it while I'm uh, doing the dishes really loudly so I don't have to really hear it. Because the stuff I liked, I really like. It's very good stuff. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll, maybe I'll give you some, uh, a later album I think you'd enjoy more and you can see what you think of that. Um, but yeah, so it's an arcade. I guess it's a thumbs up from me, a thumbs in the middle from Pat. Um, you, you, I mean, because you didn't hate it. No, I didn't. Overall, I hated, though. I hated some of the songs, but overall, I didn't hate it. And especially when I found out how the whole first take, the whole interesting story. I, I just read a snippet of it. That the fact that there's such an interesting story with putting it together that makes me like the stuff I don't like a little bit more. Right, right. Um, yeah, very, very do-it-yourself. Um, all right. Well, then let's move on to. Uh, Grant Hart, The Argument, which came out uh, two weeks ago now um, when we're recording this, and I guess three weeks ago when you're listening. So this was a a concept album based on Milton's Paradise Lost, and also, from what I read on uh, William S. S. Burroughs' story... uh, Idea. Idea, like a sci-fi version of Paradise Lost called, I think, Lost Paradise. Well, Well, Paradise Lost, Lost Paradise... Right. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Was... Um, and uh, Grant was friends with uh, William S. Burroughs going back to the Husker Du times, I think. And Burroughs had uh, the story was the Lucifer and his his crew were from other planets, and God was Harry Truman. Oh no shit! I didn't I didn't read that much. Yeah. About it. So <laughs> who knows how that would have been? But it is funny. I, I thought this this double CD, whatever it is, is insanely awesome from start to finish. I loved it. Yeah, I, I mean, it it is definitely a grower for me because the more I listen, the more songs stuck in my head. And oh, di- yeah. different songs would stick in my head. Than- and they all sound so different, but they all congeal really well together. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the White Album by the Beatles. It's like stylistically all over the place. I mean, there's, there's stuff that sounds like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, like, sound film soundtrack music yeah Um, yeah and there's stuff that sounds like it's from the 20s and there's poppy stuff yeah yeah rock um like 60s garage rock just there's uh, one song reminds me of a show tune sort of i was gonna say a show tune as well yeah um we're probably thinking of the same song but uh oh yeah i i kind of figured you well i knew you'd like this more than zen arcade i didn't know if you'd like it like it um but it's, oh, I, I mean, I liked it so much, it forced me to go back and read Paradise Lost, and I'm enjoying reading Paradise Lost, so it's 
yeah, it's kind well, of, they're kind of feeding into each other. I mean, I'm not enjoying Paradise Lost because this is good. I'm enjoying Paradise Lost because it's awesome. But it's it's neat that I'm reading Paradise Lost and it's teaching me more about what the songs are. Yeah, and it's not surprising to me uh, that you you started reading Paradise Lost uh, as somebody who at 10 years old would listen to talk radio. Because I was so uh, backwards then, I, I would, it took me this long to be able to l- learn how to read. Oh, I, I just assumed you were listening to a book on tape. Oh, I'm glad you can read now. Yeah, I learned. Oh, slowly. That's a that's a very positive development. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, I'm gonna pull up uh, the argument track list because I I want to get shit in order. Yeah. So it is uh, it is a very impressive album, and I mean, it sounds like it would be super pretentious just if you heard what it was about, but the music's not super pretentious at all i don't think no and i i I don't think it's possible to write a a concept album about paradise lost without being super pretentious but that's okay you know going in it's that and it's still awesome yeah i think i think uh musically it definitely works and it's uh it's ambitious and not really something i had expected uh would have expected from grant hart um because bob mold has definitely been the more prolific and the gotten you know definitely the more press and you know he wrote his autobiography and everything um and but this is a yeah a really strong album um i'm glad you liked it because i uh i didn't know if it was just me and i and it's because i was such a husker du fan that i i got into it so much um but i didn't think that was the case because he's done uh solo albums before that i haven't loved so yeah, this one, this was, I mean, I don't think there's any song on this where I said, I just want to skip this one. I mean, the first track is just music with him reading the, the first hundred lines of the poem. So that's, I mean, it wasn't much work there, but it was still good. Yeah, and then there's there's one uh, track called War in Heaven that's just kind of music with sound effects and like machine guns and stuff. But it's it's kind of interlude music. So mm-hmm. And the first one is like an introduction, you know, so it, it works. Yeah, yeah. And like I said before, this is definitely... A concept album like i don't even think the songs work uh outside of the album they work as songs but he doesn't yeah he doesn't try to make it so that they work by themselves making any sense because if you hear Lyrically, right yeah it's very clear what he's talking about he doesn't he doesn't mess around which is this is awesome it's it's brave yeah no it is because he released a single from it uh i think in 2011 like at the end of the year uh which was uh Oh god damn it! So, it so far from heaven, yeah. Yeah, that's a and really good song. It is, and but it's like a '50s kind of song. Uh, listening to it, then it sounded kind of cheesy, like like it was almost a pickup line. You know, what's what's a little angel oh, doing right. so far yeah. from heaven? I was like, what the what the fuck, dude? But then when you listen to it in the context of the album, it's much more clever. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. That. Every, they really are all good songs on here. Um, uh, and you picked... Um, I Am Death. I think that's... Was that the first one? I think that's the first one. Uh, yeah, chronologically on the album that you picked was I Am Death. Um, it's I, relentless. It's just re- it's just short sentences just thrown at you after one after the other all through the song. It just goes and goes and goes. It's, it's really good. It is, and that's one, too, that I could see being a part of like a, a musical. Yeah, that's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of uh, another song, but yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, if, 
Well, let's just, I'm just going to ask you then, were you thinking of the argument as? Yeah. The one for, yeah, yeah I thought too. you That's... wanted to go in order, but the argument was, it's just, I mean, I guess it's just him singing, but it could easily be a duet. And it's, it's, oh, that argument is such a, a great song. It's, it's not my favorite song, but it's, I think it might be the, the best written song. The, the hell, like the ends of each word falls into the, the beginning of the next, the first, I mean, the ends of each sentence begins and falls the into the sentence. beginning of the next sentence. It's just, it's very clever. It's a very yeah. cleverly written song. No, totally. I, that's the, and that's what made me think of, of like musical. That's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of stuff I feel like they used to do back in the day with re- just really clever, uh, lyrics and and you know the way the song is constructed right Um, almost wordplay yeah so well let's play a little bit of uh the argument we will go out of order um just so people have some idea what the fuck we're talking about uh here's the argument But yeah, back to uh, I Am Death. Um, we, we should uh, give people a little taste of that too. Maybe we'll talk a little bit so there's not so much music coming right after the other. But um, yeah, I Am Death, uh, another one, like I said, that, that reminds me of, uh, it could be in a musical, some kind of musical. Um, I actually and I like... don't know, when I was just reading about Paradise Lost, there's this awesome piece of like, like art from maybe the 1700s of, of, of uh, a painting of, of death fighting fighting and it's just it's it's just it, it fits with the song so well it's like a skeleton and it's, and it just fits with this this relentless like punchy song well and grant hart is an artist as well so uh i mean you know a painter and graphic artist so he's probably aware of that that painting um i liked also i mean well a couple songs that came before that, I thought Morning Star was a really good song, um, kind of more like mid-tempo rock. Um, I will never see my home, which came right before I am death, is almost like a minimal wave. Uh, I don't know keyboard mm-hmm. song from the '80s, which is different for him. But uh, but we you didn't pick any of those, so let's listen to I am death.
we go. Uh, and then, well, and one of the songs that, uh, the song that stuck out to me the most at first, uh, that you didn't pick was Sin, which came right after I Am Death, um, which reminded me kind of of, of the kinks. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I think I remember that one. It's, that, does that one have a keyboard in it too, or is that the... Oh, I can't remember. Um, it's kind of music hall-ish in a way. Um, okay, yeah. But but also 60s sounding. Yeah, it's the whole thing is... This whole album is really strong. Um, and all over the place, which is... It's so much fun that he can do that. Just take all these different genres and force them together and work well together. Yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the songs... Uh, well, not a lot, but a few of the songs bleed into each other too. Like yeah, we talked yeah. about on the XTC album um, is is kind of cool when you can make that work. Um, another, another one I really liked uh, that you didn't pick is, was, uh, is the sky, the limit. And that was one that grew on me. Um, and it's kind of a ballady song, but, uh, I really like that. Um, ah, shit. I don't have your, your list up. Do you remember what the next the one? The next is? one, I think chronolo- chronologically is letting me out. Oh, letting me out, which is just total buddy Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Holly does Milton. Yeah, it, it was very. It was a lot of fun too. It is. It's very uh, up tempo, and obviously, I mean, obviously, an homage. You can't. You can't miss it. Almost a ripoff of of Buddy Holly. Um, not not he ain't vocally. complaining. What? It, nah, he ain't complaining about anything anymore. Up in uh, up in heaven with the hookers and and little Richard. Little Richard's not there yet. Uh, he's little Richard is heaven. That's true. He, he he transcends planes. Yeah, he he exists on various levels. He might have been who who uh, sent Lucifer down. That was the final the final part that uh, Milton didn't know about. He sent Lucifer down just so he could make sweet love to him. Ah, <laughs> oh, little Richard. He was great on Hollywood Squares. Um, yeah, letting me out. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll just play it without further ado. There, it's really. Buddy Holly is all you need to say about this one. in this song in the middle of the song they, they play the chorus and they come come comes back and there's an extended guitar riff it goes on for a little while and then that's over and it's the chorus again <laughs> yeah he, well he he does that um on a few songs on this album with just like choruses repeating and repeating yeah um, yeah which is i remember seeing actually bob mold live once and he played uh, uh see a little light you know that song and mm-hmm. and people like went nuts and at the end he said i guess when you write a song with just 12 choruses, it really appeals to people, uh, <laughs> which was a lesson Grant uh, used on this album. Um, yeah, and so, uh, so Far From Heaven, 
uh, Golden Chain, both good. Uh, and then Shine, Shine, Shine was your next song. Yeah, and this is I outs, this is one of those songs that don't make any sense outside of the context of this album. Nope. It's a love. It's I mean, it's a typical love song. You know, the lo- kind of love song you write where you talk about how she was taken from your rib. So it was sweet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's got a, a cool kind of almost like circus keyboard sound to it. Yeah, you know yeah, but I I, I oh. thought of that as a '60s sound. Yeah, it is kind of a warbly '60s. Uh, organ sound i guess yeah yeah um yeah let's do it shine 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 and you shine 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 like the star above what i'm dreaming of you were made for love and you're mine 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 you will always be the perfect one for me I hope I always see the way that you shine. We enjoy the life ideal, running naked through the fields. There is no shame, no secrets unrevealed. I would never ever part with one closest to my heart. You're the one who gave me such a start. And you shine, shine, shine like a star above. And uh, yeah, and then you get into some. You know what? People should just go go buy it. It's really I mean, the whole thing is strong. I agree. I I would I. This was better than I could have possibly expected a concept album about Paradise Lost to be. Yeah, same here. It's it's terrific. It, from start to finish, you're gonna at least like one song on it out of 20 songs i guess that's not a good percentage but i liked all of them that's five percent that's uh better than most albums um yeah no and then uh yeah you got oh so this was a late edition for you and this is one that has been sticking in my head a lot lately uh for some reason glorious it's a it's a great song i like the style of this song where the style of singing where it's like each sentence is a line there is nothing. It's. I just like how that sounds. Yeah, it's kind of when you were talking about the way Paul McCartney sang the punctuated uh, verses on uh, "Got to Get You Into My Life" or the chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. And I and it, read some and this, reviews where uh, they compare it to a Husker Du song. I think that's uh, a, not necessarily right. It's it's definitely the most rock song on it, but I don't think it's Husker Du-ish. But I, I, the lyrics are fun because I mean it's about the Son of God, which, which in this in Paradise Lost there's no name, so because he's just a spirit, he's not a person, but he's so cocky, he's like glorious. Yes, I am. You know, I you know I am. And and then at the end of the song, uh, it's like uh, they call me the Prince of Peace. They're half right. Stand clear. The Son of God is here to fight. It's it's like a action movie. Yeah, it is. It it would be a good song for an action movie. Yeah, stand clear. I'm here to fight. It's really fun. And see if Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't suck, he would have uh, written a song like this for Jesus Christ Superstar. I think it would have fit well. Uh, yeah, let's play it. Glorious.
then uh then um it was a most disturbing dream uh was another you didn't pick it but uh that one gets stuck in my head sometimes too now um but let's go to your next pick which was underneath the apple tree which is like a 20s or 30s ukulele jazz yeah song <laughs> and it's a a snake singing a song yeah it's it's about the snake the serpent in the garden of eden uh sung from his point of view but uh catchy as hell i mean oh yeah it definitely reminds me of like some of mccartney's stuff uh with the beatles when he would go back and and try to do the you know the 30s type music um yeah i it's a and then not only the the music was but i guess somehow he made his i don't know if he made his voice or the the, the quality of, of like the mixing makes it sound like that but it sounded like that era the the, the quality of his singing like how it sounded yeah, like almost uh, through a megaphone or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't sound like his voice on the rest no, of the album either. No. Uh, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, did you get a guest vocalist on here? But no. He's uh, Yeah, it, it's really cool, man. Um, I appreciate this kind of stuff. Here's Underneath the Apple Tree. Second sight were absolute I know that you've been thinking some pretty little thoughts of me Sitting in the garden Underneath the apple tree You can become a goddess If that's your desire Use free will Eat your fill And step a little closer to the fire I know It's a great temptation To be offered immortality Just sitting in the garden and then uh well we already played the argument uh earlier which was was the next song and i i thought it ended really, I thought the last two songs were really good too. In fact, I think um, the very last song uh, for those two high aspiring, I'll just throw on at the end um, so people can can hear that one. But uh, people should definitely get this. It's really very good. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you like it. I've been telling people uh, they should, they should listen to it, but it's kind of a hard sell. I get, I mean, yeah, it is because on the face of it, it sounds like it would be boring. Yeah, and it's and it's you know from somebody who was from a famous band in the '80s, and you know you know how that kind of thing is. Yeah, Second Banana, yeah, a famous band from the '80s. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, you you put a song of his on on mix CDs you put together. It's very good. At uh, twenty twenty three forty one. Twenty five forty one. Yeah, yeah. That's I a mean, great song. Marshall Crenshaw that, and, covered that, and so did one of the guys from the Go Betweens. So it, yeah, it's. Oh, so that's not his song. It is his song. Oh, it's his song. They song. covered okay, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it appeals. It's, it's to... a song that sticks in your head forever. Yeah, and it was. Uh, uh, I think he tried to claim in interviews it wasn't about the breakup of Husker Du, but apparently that was the address of their business headquarters. So nobody oh, was, had, nobody was buying had, it. I had no idea that there was any kind of story behind it. It's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I guess we don't really need to ask which album you'd recommend more to people. Well, the, 
the podcast is not, we say verses, we say Zen, Ar- Zen Arcade versus the argument, but it's not really verses. We're just talking about, about stuff. We're not, yeah, it's not a competition, but the argument would win. Yeah. I, I have, I don't know. It, it's too hard for me to say, you know, I've lived with one for, for however the hell long it's been 29 years. And, and, uh, this one's this two one's, weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. So, but, um, yeah, they're both strong. I would say Zen Arcade. Wait until somebody finally does a remastering job on the Husker Du catalog because the shit needs it. It's sound-wise, it all it can do is be improved. Uh, can you improve something like that when it's made cheaply? Are there masters that they can do anything with? I would think so. Yeah, it, I mean, I guess it really depends on you know how, what what quality the the masters are in and you know how. Who knows? I don't. I don't know yet, since I haven't gone to school for it. Uh, what kind of techniques they can use to clean that stuff up and make everything clearer? Uh, but I'm telling you right now, if they took indecision, indecision time and put some auto tune on it, it would be awesome. Somebody should do that. We, that there, there's a YouTube challenge for our listeners: auto tune, indecision time. Get on it. Yeah. The, the. Uh, two of you who are listening who probably have no idea how to do any of that shit. Um, Amy can. She can do anything. She can do anything. Even though I told her to go fuck herself in the last episode. Uh, she can probably do that, too. I, I have faith in you, Amy. I think all of our fans just assume that y- you say that every episode. For them to go fuck themselves? Mm-hmm. I think that's an unfair characterization because uh, there was one episode I didn't say it. Well, I, I think it's implied. Yeah, I, I think it's always implied by my tone and uh, my bearing and uh, my pants. And your tattoo. My beautiful... When it says happy days. And has the fawns going A. Right I don't know if anyone would have a tattoo that didn't have fawns going A. Yeah, well, no, why would they? You're wasting your money if you are if you don't. I have a tattoo on my shoulder. I, I'm... I'm trying to decide whether to get it it's the fonts going a and underneath in in japanese characters it says a oh you totally should um i think you should just do the japanese characters because i think everybody will know exactly what he's saying that's true yeah what else is the did the fonts ever say anything else i don't think so exactamundo Oh, that's true. Yeah, they they could think it's that or or the sound of him oh wait no i was answering your answering your question he said that too no, no, you're right. I don't know why I thought the font said anything but A. That's stupid of me. And I, and this is a pop culture con- podcast. You should know what we're talking about. Stupid, stupid. Yeah, uh, what you got going on, Pat? Speaking of that, do you remember Don Music? No. I think that was his name from the, from the Ses- from Sesame Street. He used to play, pl- I think his name was Don Music. He used to play play the piano, and he'd get to the end of the song and start to... And he could never get the last note. Like he'd do, Mary had a little lamb and he couldn't get what the last note was. He'd hit the wrong note and he'd start banging his head against the piano because he couldn't figure it out. I will never get this song. Yes, I do remember that now that you bring it up. And they, they removed him from the show in the mid eighties because it taught, it was not a good lesson to children. That if you don't do everything perfectly, you should uh, harm yourself. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think it is a good lesson for children. You know, I try to treat children like adults. None of this coddling shit for me. That's true. Every time I see a child, I ask him for money. Yeah, me too. 
yeah, just like an adult. I try to bum a smoke, see if he's got any heroin. I, I go for heroin first because if they say yes to that, they'll say yes to anything. Yes, that's that's true. Um, yeah, kids kids are just little adults. I think we all know it. We just don't admit it. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I, I just spent the last week, speaking of little adults, I spent the last week dog sitting, and dogs are kind of like little adults. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I'm a dog person. Um, so do you walk your dog in, like, is there a park, or do you just walk them on the street? Oh, no, I, I keep him caged up like veal. He just, oh. he just shits where he, where he stands and sleeps. Uh, no, uh, I have... Oh, go ahead. I, I walk. We I walk him around the around the block here. There's there's a dog park um, that we've taken him to, but he's uh, we got him from the from the SPCA, and uh, and he's not he's not socialized very well like with other dogs. So when he goes to the dog park, he just goes off on his own. He runs off and he he does his own thing, but he won't play with the other dogs and stuff. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a waste of time. It's together. kind of pointless. Yeah. You're I mean, not... he likes it, but oh, okay. But we can't get him to to play like other dogs will come up to him and he'll just stand there while they sniff him or try to play with him or whatever. And he just stands there kind of stoically, uh, and then runs off to go kick the grass up on his own. Well, that's pretty cute at least. No, he's definitely cute. Otherwise we would have eaten him by now. Yeah. Cause he's veal. Cause yeah. Yeah. He's, he's I've, such soft legs. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I did a lot of, uh, dog walking. I n- really didn't experience it that much before i used to uh, walk my friend's dog in ventura he had a bulldog and it was a little different there that it was it's more of a city so there when you walk a dog you're just in a sidewalk but in this where my sister i was uh, watching her dog they kind of live out out in the suburbs and there's no sidewalk so you're walking around and so the dog is doing his business mostly in people's lawns and flowers and stuff so it was kind of a stressful operation because i wasn't sure if the neighbors were going to complain or anything like that but at, at at one point the guy was the guy did complain he was pissed off and he's, he's so angry with me about you know peeing on his lawn I'm like it's just a lawn I don't understand why anyone cares really well because in the suburbs what else do they have to live for their lawns oh, yeah. and their <laughs> shitty stupid cars yeah I mean if a dog pissing on your lawn uh, is is the worst thing that happens to you you don't understand what living in the suburbs means. So I apologized. I'm just like, sorry, dude. I, I, I mean, I don't control his bladder. He's just gonna. But I, so I didn't say that. I just said I'm sorry and just kept walking. And it wasn't good enough for him. It was like, it was like he needed an argument. So he said, okay, keep walking and take your fat ass dog with you. And like I don't mind you insulting me, but the dog was in pretty good shape. So I just turned to him and said, don't go there, girlfriend. Oh, that's good one. That was a good comeback. He had nothing for that either. Of course not. He had to turn in his house and, and walk back in and drink a glass of milk like a pathetic loser. He actually came over and shook my hand and oh. said, I declare you the winner of this argument. Your dog can pee anywhere he likes. Oh, uh, that's a happy ending. That warms my heart. And yeah, I mean, it sounds like that that dog was working to get himself in shape too. So it's kind of rude. It was very rude. The to, dog, I mean, you could see the dog, you know, he's been working to lose weight and you could see his face just went down. Dropped. It's, yeah. It's, it's depression. No, I can imagine, you know, you don't go to the gym and, and tell people you might as well give up. Well, I do, but you should. No, you shouldn't. Oh, well, we both do. I, th- I think, of course, it's, but it's not, it's not going to influence people and get you contacts. 
and yeah, you should not, you should not especially say it to a dog. No, because dogs are, are the best to network with. Yeah. Because they know every, they know all the dirty little secrets going on in your neighborhood. They have great hearing and smell. Another thing um, I learned while watching the dog was when you give a dog a treat, if you make certain, like if you sing, he will sing for his treat. So it, it was like it was the first time I've ever actually been able to make someone sing for their supper. Oh, you should have made him sing Indecision Time. I tried. He said, I hate that crap. Give me ne- give me the lyrics for never talking to you again. Ah, bummer. Yeah, dogs are great. They are, uh, they are like little people, except uh, they're not assholes because they don't lie. That's just, sometimes dogs are assholes, though. They well, I mean, they're not assholes in that. In they the don't same lie. way. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, man. Um, I can't, I can't fucking take it. Like when uh, they do on the news, they'll like, they'll do a report on some abused animal. I have to turn the channel. I can't fucking watch that shit. And and uh, Viv was like, well, they do reports on abused kids too. And I'm like, yeah, but they don't show the abused kid on camera. Oh, that's true. They do. What do you think of those commercials with the the no. syrup song by Sarah McLaughlin? I know. I got. I got to turn them. I mean, not. I would have to turn them just for the song in the first place. But uh, but the images, I can't. I yeah. I can't deal with it. Yeah, they are rough. So yeah, that would be call terrible. Dogs fat people, come on. It would be terrible if they showed abused kids on the news. I mean, I'm sure it's coming. It's. Are you going to call equal time? You're going to show the abused dog, show the kid too. I mean, I think it's only fair. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I, I can foresee a day when that's a, that's how they'll get ratings. Do you think there's a, a place in the world that has the name land at the end that isn't a neat place? That has what? The word land at the end of its name, like Oakland or Greenland or Iceland. Just neat places. I oh. drove by a place called Ivyland today, and I didn't stop, but I was like, I bet this is awesome here. And then I drove by, and there was a, ro- a, a road there called Gilder Radnor Way, and I was like, I'm right. Oh, you were right. Um, let me think, um, Thailand, uh, I mean, obviously awesome, uh, the way they, they treat children and women there. That's true. So that, that's a, that's a great place. Um, shiny beacon. Yeah. Um, Swaziland. Uh, let's not even go there. Girlfriend. Thank you. Uh, Cleveland, you've already made your thoughts on there clear. So I guess, but you know, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think about the fact that it ends with land. So that might and Devo comes from there, uh, as does Perubu. So, so maybe there's something to Cleveland, the land of cleavage. I assume. I hope. I mean, what or else? my my two week trip there is going to be a waste. Oh, I can't imagine it will be. It ends with land, like you said. October 2014. Watch out, Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I I hear. Uh, I hear you can uh, check out. There's there's this house there, you can go to uh, where I think Betty White lives with uh, One Day at a Time chick and um, Wendy Malick and uh, Fraser chick. So that that should be a first stop on your tour. Have you ever watched that show? Hell no. Well, I don't have cable anyway, but maybe it's, it's on streaming. Netflix streaming and it's terrible. Really, that's shocker. Newman's <laughs> on it. Oh, Newman is good. I mean, I hated that 30 Rock, too. Not 30 Rock, God damn it. Third Rock from the Sun. Um, oh, and he was in that, too. I forgot yeah, he, he was, was on in that. that. Um, people loved that show. I, I thought it was so uh, 
I don't. I I I think at the time I was not watching TV. Was that when did that come out? I, I never know. watched it. Nineties, late nineties. I think it was right when I was like starting college, so I didn't have. I was. I guess I had a life, so I didn't watch that much TV. So I never watched it. Yeah, it was it was pretty terrible. Um, killed John Lithgow's career. Dead. <laughs> yeah. Didn't kill uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's career though. No, just like Growing Pains didn't kill uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's career. And unfortunately, also didn't kill Kirk Cameron's career. Yeah, no, it did not. Um, well, Kirk Cameron's well, career was guided by uh, the the Lord our God. So. I guess he probably thinks this uh, Grand Heart CD is blasphemous in some way. What? In some way or other. Yeah. You can't sing from the snake's point of view. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what's interesting? The first book of Paradise Lost, it, it kind of makes, it, it's, it's less heavy handed than I expected. There's Lucifer had some good points. He's like, he's like, uh, Beezlebub's like, what are we, we're, we got kicked out of heaven and now we're stuck here. And, and uh, Lucifer's like, you know, it's just in your mind. We might, we might be in heaven with our, or in hell with our bodies, but in our minds we can be in heaven. So. Can I tell you something? Lucifer always has a good point. <laughs> That's why he's so attractive to people. Um, well, what's going on here? Uh, well, uh, Viv and I went out to dinner last night for our anniversary. So, uh, oh, happy anniversary! Yeah, fourteen years. Wow. So, yeah, you got to give her some props because uh, I think even my parents wrote me off after thirteen years. <laughs> I'm surprised it took your parents that long. Me too, but you know, they gave birth to me. Both of them together. Um It's always a team effort. Yeah. Did you go did you go anywhere significantly special, like a place you went with your first date or anything like that? No, uh no, we didn't go to uh the back of a car to make out. I'm kidding. Viv's gonna be listening and like, what the fuck, dude? Uh, a, that was a joke, everybody. No. So we, it's a joke that you didn't or you did? I, I don't know. You're, you're confusing me by trying to twist my words around. Um, no, we went to a, uh, a, a New Orleans style restaurant, um, kind of a high end New Orleans style restaurant here. That's really good. I had a uh, beef brisket meatloaf. How's that? Is that is that was it somehow New Orleans style beef, beef brisket? Is that like a New yeah, Orleans there, thing? There were yams on it. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. Yep. New Orleans, ding, yams, <laughs> collard greens, had some collard greens that were really good also with brisket. Um, she had uh, fried chicken and they, there was like this huge ass chicken breast that like had no bones, like it was all meat. So um, she was stoked on that. I don't eat chicken, but, but the beef brisket meatloaf, I guess they just ground up beef brisket and made meatloaf out of it. It was That's uh, pretty neat. Yeah. It's it's interesting that New Orleans, like Cajun restaurants outside of New Orleans, I've never been to New Orleans, obviously. Well, it's not obvious to you, but to me it's obvious. But the outside of New Orleans, there's a lot of good Cajun restaurants. It seems like a good, a food that's very, not easy, but it's uh, portable. It can go other places and do well. Oh, like yeah, some, yeah. Some local foods that just can't make it, but Cajun food can. Yeah, no, I would say most local foods don't. Um, Philly cheesesteak's another one that that makes it, you know, across the U.S. that people like. Does it? I've had it. I've had it. Uh, uh, places where they give you a piece of steak, not chopped up, just on a roll, and they call that a cheesesteak. Oh, really? Oh, that yeah, yeah that's kind of nasty. Um, 
Uh, but the, yeah, I guess there are there's spots here and there. So I guess it's yeah, it's that is does that it does travel. Yeah, there's one on on Columbus in San Francisco that's really good. Um, was it, the Cajun place in Oakland or is it in San Francisco? It's in Oakland. Oakland, okay. Yeah, can't be traveling across a bridge. Just near that eat. big lake. Um, no, not near. It's, it's downtown. By the way, oh, actually. Lake... I thought that oh, did you work out right afterwards? That's a good anniversary thing. Uh, what is the was it, is it the anniversary of when you first met or when you first dated? First date. First date. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. We met. We worked together at Barnes and Noble uh, for a while before we dated. So, a little advertising there. I hope we get some cash. Yeah, Barnes and Noble, kick it in. You, I know you must be doing awesome these days, like most good thing uh, it, brick and mortar bookstores. Good thing it what you didn't meet when you were working at Borders. Because that uh, might not that money might not come in unless we played in Canadian provinces. Are they still around up there? I think so. I think that's where there's a few left. It's like there's the, the proverbial Japanese after World War II on those islands that didn't know the war ended. These borders in Canada don't know that they're closed up, so they still sell books. They just do it out of love anyway. They're never getting paychecks for it. So. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, I actually worked at Borders too. Um, I started. I started first in 1990 at Crown Books, which doesn't exist anymore either. I um, think they got bought by Barnes & Noble, right? Or I think Borders. they did, One yeah. And then I think they still ended up shutting down. Um, that was the Crown Books when I was 10, 10, 11, 12. That was the mall bookstore. That was the place to go to to look at paperbacks. and just It was an awesome place to be. Yeah, when I... I for me, it was B. Dalton was the the mall. Oh, that's right. Store. B. Dalton was the book. Yeah, and then, Crown and then Books Crown was just took in, over. Crown came uh, was in odd malls, and the local one was B. Dalton. Okay, yeah. and then Crown the Crown probably bought B. Dalton and took them. But yeah, but they they were pretty much the same store. Yeah, and we I, uh, the Crown Books I worked at was um, Willie Mays came in all the time. Uh, and, that's uh, neat. Yeah, he was a very nice man. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. He seemed really polite and humble to me, although some I've heard some people say he was kind of a uh, pompous, but I I never saw that side of him, so. Maybe if you're 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 meeting him in the context of not knowing who he or not making a big deal how how who who he who he was, he's polite. Oh, yeah, cuz like, I had no fucking idea who he was. Um, and you're fawning over him, he's going to be pompous. Yeah, yeah. That's neat. That's I I don't I think meeting famous people is neat. Usually, um there, yeah, I mean, I haven't really had any horrible experiences. I had some who seemed like dicks, but overall, uh, overall, famous people I've met have been nice. I mean, just don't be a dipshit, just like everything in yeah. life, you know? Don't yeah. be an obnoxious asshole to them, and I think they're going to be fine. Um, I met Kenneth Branagh at the, uh, at the airport last time I flew to New York. He was on our flight. Um, and he took a picture with me, and I, I was just like, we were waiting for baggage, and I was like, I'm sorry, do you mind if I take a picture? I just want to show everybody. He was like, yeah, sure. That's awesome. You know, I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah. He had no, I mean, he was stuck there anyway, so you know, like I, I wasn't like intruding on his dinner or anything. Right. Um, yeah. But I remember when we got off the plane, there was somebody with a sign, you know, for Branagh, uh, and I said to Viv, I was like, oh, I bet that's Kenneth Branagh. She's like. Oh, because there's only one brand on in the world, and then we got down there, and it was him, and I uh, felt superior for once in my life. And you've lured it over ever since, even including it in the podcast right after your anniversary. Good job. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You got anything else going on? No. That's, 
I've been, uh, you know, I've been catching up on Lost. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, dude, we've already talked about it. I, I told oh, right. you, I don't know why you wait so long for these things, but, but so, I, I, I went back to the first seasons to kind of refresh myself. And then I watched the second season and I realized I must've stopped watching in the middle of the second season and then picked up again in the third season. Cause the entire end of the second season I'd never seen before, but it's a really well-crafted show. Oh yeah. No shit. I, I mean, oh, that man, second season awesome. got bogged down a bit, uh, after but even with even with that, the there's the storytelling with going back and filling in little pieces. It's just very very satisfying. Yeah, no, it was it was great uh, up until uh, the last uh, season, I thought. And even the last season started out. Uh, I had a lot of hope, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you finish. And I will. Um, I saw the first trailer for the Veronica Mars movie, and I'm pretty excited. Did you? Oh, I saw it too. That? Yeah, it looked really good. Okay, Veronica Mars is a show you did watch and like. Yes, I loved Veronica Mars. Okay. And I've, I, I, t- I told you you wouldn't like Firefly, and I don't know if you would or not, but I forgot to ask. When you watched Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, was it the first season, or was it I after think the it, first season? I think it had to be. Um, okay, I, you should not judge that show by the first season. You can pretty much skip the first season, because the first season is terrible. It gets good after the first season. That's, I've had somebody else tell me that as well. So, really, I'll be okay skipping the first season, like... Yeah, there, I mean, there's nothing. I, I like to. I'm kind of a completist, so I, people told me that, and I watched it anyway, and I did suffer through it. But you don't. There's nothing in story wise. Just as long as you know that the the bad guy, I forget his name, but you can look up what he looks like because he come he might come back later. I forget, but that's it. Other than that, you don't need the first season. All right, then I'll I will give Buffy a try. Uh, when you give The Wire a try. Well, that's easy enough. I I want to watch. You should. Uh, make that on Treme because Treme I'm not as, as sold on as The Wire. I've already watched the first like six or seven episodes of The Wire and loved it. Oh, okay, good. Oh, I watched the first two episodes of Homeland. Very good. Yeah, yeah. The I like I said, I really liked the first season and the second season uh, was good, not as good as the first season. But it's the kind of thing where I'm uh, like, how how long can you drag this kind of thing out? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's yeah. tough to to make a series out of that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It was still good. Like it wasn't like Dexter or something where it just became. I just stopped caring. Uh. Yeah, yeah that's man. all I. That's about it. Orange is the new black. Have you checked that out? No, I was thinking of reading the book first. Oh yeah, you should. Uh, the Doctor Seuss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's based on. No, that that'll that's a good idea. Um. All right. Well, I guess. Uh, well, next episode is covers yes we're gonna do cover songs uh and we're gonna so have... old versus new yes uh we're gonna have a guest uh a friend of mine who the the uh, one who does improv that we mentioned earlier so maybe we'll get a few pointers on that um probably just uh criticisms i would imagine just like everything else in our lives uh yeah so next next episode will be cover versions and then uh We've got another guest on for the one after that. We'll talk about that next week. Um, so everyone should uh, rate us highly on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and send us emails at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Yes, and uh, if you would like to be a guest on the show and you've got an idea, let's do it. We're starting to get uh, people coming on this thing, and it'll be nice because it'll t- take the pressure off us to be and you- as witty and entertaining as we always are. And if you want to be on the show and you don't have an idea, just... Come on, on. We, we don't mind. You don't yeah. have to have an idea. Yeah, no. Are you uh, schizophrenic? Let's let's hear you talk. 
Yeah. That'd be interesting. As long as you keep it clean. Yes, we absolutely fucking insist on that. So. That was a little too on the news. I'm sorry. Well, you know, we can't all be subtle all the time, Pat. <laughs> like you. Sometimes you're so subtle, I don't even think you're funny. Wow. Burn. <laughs> Face. I can't, I can't believe you're insulting me for being too on the nose. Actually, I can, because it really was. Uh, and it wasn't an insult. It was a, a pointer. Thanks. All right, I'm going to sign off and go cry now. Uh, not because of that, just because it's time. It's a Sunday. Yeah. Work. Oh, shit, that reminds me of Bart Strike probably on again for tomorrow, so I think I'm going to have to suffer through that again. So I really might go get off and cry. Take the ferry. Free hot chocolate. That's yeah. The way the, the way your friend described the ferry on Facebook, it's I, it's something I think everyone should do. It sounds like the most awesome thing ever. There's hot chocolate. There's champagne. There's well, I've taken the all ferry. kinds of people playing playing classical instruments, recliners. Oh yeah, no, I, I've taken it. Uh, giraffes. Yeah, it, I mean it's fun. That's awesome. But it, it's also uh, super expensive. So. And by super expensive, I mean like seven dollars. But to me, that's uh, that's that's out of my price range. That's Sorry, true. giraffes. Someone else will have to feed you. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it. You think? Yep. I'll buy Divine Comedy. Yeah, and uh, go buy the argument. And what the hell, buy Zen Arcade too. Buy the argument first. Okay. Uh, I'll go along with it. Why not? All right, uh, until next time, everybody, uh, goodbye. Goodbye.